Welcome to Better Broadband with Clearfield. Welcome to this episode of Better Broadband, brought to you by Clearfield. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Today on the podcast, consider this a state of the union for fiber deployment across the country. More specifically, rural broadband fiber. Here to discuss this important topic is Kevin Morgan, Chief Marketing Officer for Clearfield. For nearly a decade, Kevin has been a seasoned advocate for broadband infrastructure and initiatives. Kevin, so nice to meet you. Great to meet you too. So I know that Clearfield calls itself the the fiber to anywhere company. It's a company moniker, but I think it really drills down to an industry-wide mission to provide cost-effective fiber-fed deployments across just a number of environments, including underserved rural communities. So Kevin, tell me, why does broadband enable a better quality of life for people? And why is it time to enable broadband for every American? Yeah, that's a great question, Shelby. And, um, you know, I'm just thrilled to be part of Clearfield um, because one of the things that we do is really focus on removing the barriers to fiber deployment. And we've been doing that for a number of years. This year in particular, in 2020, has been the most bizarre, challenging year in history, I would say, uh, in terms of communications. The entire economy is shut down. Uh, we, we came back. We've been in quarantine. And all along the way, we've seen evidence of what a broadband connection in reality really means to people in their homes, in their businesses, um, in any form of you know society. And, and the, the way in which broadband is used today is much different than it was, let's say, five years ago, even three years ago. We were anticipating that this demand, this amount of broadband that was needed by the public was going to come over the period of a number of years. When March hit in 2020, all of that demand accelerated right up to the present time. And so everyone needed the broadband connection and the the way it makes such a difference. And I think this has proven out this year, um, distance learning, the idea that every student is going to have to connect to their school from their home. Um, That was a a far-fetched idea for some, and we were forced to have to deal with that. Telehealth, another example of instead of having to get out and, and risk your health by being exposed to the coronavirus, the ability to be diagnosed and, and talk to your doctor remotely over a video link, um, something that was far-fetched just a few years ago is reality today. And so these things make a huge difference and the role that fiber optics plays in providing those broadband connections is undeniably the best um, of all all the types of technologies out there. Well, you touched on the fact that, uh, you know, this, there had been kind of this, um, you know, slow rollout of broadband. And then all of a sudden in, you know, in one month, basically, the demand was immediate. Uh, And so I guess for a historical perspective, when did broadband start being deployed in, uh, you know, across the country, both in more populated areas and then in underserved communities? Uh, and how how far have we come in serving uh, the country? I mean, 
I don't know if you've got, uh, you know, percentages or numbers of, of, you know, what percentage of the country is now broadband enabled, uh, but how, how far have we come? So, you know, it's a really uh, relevant question and, and the idea of broadband, um, the term itself was not, was ill-defined until when the FCC uh, issued their national broadband plan. It was a 10-year plan. And it was d- defined uh, at that moment in time, broadband connection was a four megabit per second download and a one megabit per second upload link. Now, we would not classify that as broadband today. And over the time period since 2000, the FCC has modified that definition to become 10 megabits down and one megabit up. But today's modern definition of broadband is 25 megabits down and three megabits up. So um, interestingly enough, as as you increase the amount of broadband speed, the number of applications and what you can do with that speed is, is explosive. For example, watching um, over-the-top videos with, uh, you know, whether it's YouTube or Hulu or you pick one, um, you couldn't do that with a four megabit connection. Now you can do that really well with the you know twenty five megabit connection and multiple connections in the home. Um, so talking historically, when you talk about broadband, I want to focus really specifically on on fiber based broadband. The fiber broadband is something that you can immediately have gigabit gigabit per second service, um, and we feel like that's the end game. That's where things need, need to go. Um, and that began in the early, you know, I'd say 2003 or four um, in this country. And over the years, uh, we've ramped up and we're now, uh, we have about 22 million homes um, connected in the US out of, a, let's say 120 million homes. And we have about 55 million or 50 million homes passed with fiber in some form or fashion. So that's you know, we're still, we have a long way to go uh, to, to get full coverage. Um, you know, we're, we're less than 50% covered right now with fiber-based broadband. The fiber-based broadband example, um, it, again, provides the best experience for the consumers and businesses as well. Well, you mentioned that, um, you know, broadband can be, and especially, you know, fiber-fed broadband can be a real game changer. Uh, it it completely widens the opportunities that um, are available for for individuals and, and communities and just what you can do. Uh, can we talk about some of those um, some of those differences? I mean, you know, you mentioned uh, being able to to stream uh, movies and and um, you know, but in terms of like you know distance learning and being able to uh, to access, you know training videos, uh, skills, uh, being able to search for, uh, you know, for jobs and do, you know, video conferences, uh, you know, what are some of those opportunities that are really opened, uh, with broadband? Yeah. With, with fiber-based broadband, we're seeing a, a lot of evidence and, um, I, I serve on the, the fiber broadband association board of directors as a industry trade association uh, that's made up of 250 to 300 companies, um, half of which are uh, network operators that are deploying fiber-based broadband. 
And we routinely commission studies and provide information to the FCC and the Congress on the benefits of fiber-based broadband. And we're, we're seeing, and we, we did a, a study in 2017 that talked about um, a, a fiber-based community increases new employer attraction 88%. Uh, employers can expand 85% of the time more with fiber-based broadband. There's a 77% employer retention. And then home-based businesses um, are increased 52%. And that's based on a survey that we did of local economic experts and policymakers. That's, those are huge uh, numbers. Those are. And, you know, those, those is just the tip of the iceberg. When you look at what fiber adds to home values. Um, we did a study um, back in 2018 that said the home values increase somewhere in the neighborhood of, of let's say, 4% on an average $300,000 home. Uh, for for multi-dwelling units where you have condos or apartments, um, the business or the, the building owners and the landlords can charge somewhere between 8 and 9% more, or at least the Tenants are willing to pay eight or nine percent more for fiber-based uh, connections in their apartments or the condos. So, you know, it's a, it's a game changer. And, and we talk about you know the residential services to homes and to apartments, but it's not just the residence; it's the office space as well. Um, you, you commercial real estate benefits uh, when you have fiber-based broadband. Another seven point six percent increase in office rental space is uh, you can, you can count on, you know, by the impact of fiber. So when we start to talk about, I mean, you know, we've mentioned all of the the benefits to fiber and how that can really change communities. Uh, but in some of the more, um, you know, far reaching areas, the, the rural areas, you know, there are challenges to be able to deploy a fiber based raw brand to, to those areas. Uh, can you, enumerate those barriers and, and, and maybe share any examples or, or stories of, of, you know, challenges you've encountered where deployment was a particular challenge. Yeah, I think, you know, you hit on a, uh, a hot topic, actually, Shelby. We have in this country uh, an awareness of a, a digital divide that you have the have and have nots, not in terms of monetary or, you know, material wealth, but in terms of access to digital literacy. Uh, the folks that have the high-speed connections are much more off, better off than those who don't. And so when you look at deployment options in uh, an area, generally the urban areas outperform in terms of uh, homes pass and penetration rates versus a, a rural area. And it's just a matter of economics. There's not as many people in the rural areas to uh, justify the business case to roll out a fiber optic connection. Now, unfortunately, uh, through the efforts of the Fiber Broadband Association that I serve on, as well as other industry groups, we've lobbied and we've we've uh, convinced the FCC that this is a, a real issue that needs to be solved uh, with federal subsidies. And so you just now, just this recently uh, in the last year, uh, saw Congress and the, or FCC allocate uh, monies toward the, the Rural Development Opportunity Fund. And with that fund, that is aimed at going out and serving and helping uh, network operators and service providers roll out 
gigabit speed services to the unserved communities. And when we, I, I mentioned the numbers of unserved areas in the, in the country. When you're talking about the rural areas, they have a, a specific challenges uh, in terms of how they get the fiber deployed. For example, um, it, it may be best in a rural area to deploy in, uh, over an aerial strand uh, for over the telephone poles, pole to pole, versus being buried uh, and, and, you know, for aesthetic reasons in a suburb, uh, a neighborhood, uh, put it out over the, over the aerial plant. And in doing that, that creates a different set of uh, products that you need to have to accommodate those aerial deployments. We uh, came out with a product specifically just this year. Um, and we've been doing this for you know over a decade, uh, rolling out fiber optics uh, and working with our service provider customers in a way in which we can try to understand better what their pain points are. And one of the things we saw is that typically a fiber as it leaves a central office or a head end or a data center is a high count fiber, you know, multiple of hundreds or thousands of fibers in this one cable. It goes north and south or east and west, and then it terminates at a cabinet. The cabinet's typically on a concrete pad, and you can see these as you're driving down the road. There's street side cabinets near telephone poles or at intersections and things. They terminate the fiber, and then they are allowed to distribute the fiber, you know, through a series of products we we manufacture um, and many others manufacture as it gets further out into the, to the neighborhoods. Well, in a rural area, you don't need to have a cabinet. There's not enough um, population density. We came out with an aerial based fiber distribution hub that's, that sits on the strand instead. And so you don't have to necessarily, uh, get the real estate and the right of way to pour the concrete pad and all the different cost uh, prohibitive things that come along with that. You can just hang this on an aerial strand near a telephone pole and people can still be able to functionally do the same thing. Take in a large count fiber and get it down to a smaller count that we then go further out of the network toward the customer. So there's, you know, there, there, of course there, there's the challenges and, those challenges breed innovation and, uh, you know, producing new products that help deploy fiber. So, uh, you know, you've, you've alluded to some of those, those products, but, um, you know, in a broader sense, how is Clearfield really part of the solution to providing better fiber across the country? Yeah, so all of our products today are in what we would call a, a passive connectivity domain. We don't have products that have software, for example, that's, you know, deciding based on, uh, you know, protocols, whether it's Ethernet or Internet protocol. We don't work in that realm. All we focus on is the fiber connectivity, making the fiber connections matter between the, the point at which the network provider sources the signals as they go out and get towards the customer and terminates the signals. So our expertise and what we focus on is providing a way for the networks to be constructed and maintained in a very much an ease of use uh, way. We've, we've done uh, and perfected this technology called plug and play technology. And that's probably, a it may be a foreign term to you, but what it means essentially is in the early days when we rolled out fiber optics, we tried to splice every connection 
um, down to a single fiber all the way out to the customer because that was what uh, we knew uh, in terms of you know technology and, and industry. So over the years, one of the things that you know our company has experienced is an in, uh, a need to change the way in which fibers are connected in the network. Uh, originally, everything was based on a, a splice point. In other words, you would take a fiber optic line and splice it physically, either using fusion splicers or mechanical splicers. And that's a that is a um, process that requires a skilled technician, um, very expensive equipment, setup time, prepping, cleaning. Uh, it's 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 time intensive as well. We basically took the the angle of let's see what we can do to improve this by just using uh, a connector and instead of having to require require someone to splice let's see if we can just make the connections with a connector and be um, better off you could essentially cut down the amount of time and we would call well we've we've termed this labor light uh, where you, you don't have as much time required to make the connection it doesn't require the amount of equipment to fuse in splice or mechanically splice, and you don't have to have a, a fiber optic technician certified to do this. Anyone who's really good with their hands and can follow some very simple instructions can hook up a fiber optic network these days. And so that's where one of the things we've focused on as a company is improving uh, plug and play techniques. And you know, one of the things we're very proud of is our ability to limit the amount of insertion loss. Insertion loss is just a term that we use to talk about the amount of impact that uh, is degrading a fiber optic signal. Fiber optics are basically lasers that um, if you have impediments or something that you know clouds the, the um, connection, that's called loss. It, it reduces the amount of light. You can just imagine that by you know putting something in front of a flashlight. Uh, it, it, it doesn't keep the light from going around the object, but it can you know, certainly uh, reduce the amount of intensity. Yeah. In an actual fiber optic glass line, similar impediments happen uh, where you have these connectors. But our connectors, we use a technology that's called fiber deep technology, and the amount of insertion loss is 0.2 dB or less um, on every connection. Industry standard, the amount of uh, insertion loss is 0.4 dB or less. So we, we, we've perfected that, cut it in half. And that makes a difference the, for um, all those connections that happen uh, along the way, whether it's going from the central office um, electronics equipment, going out to a tie panel, out to be connected to the, the feeder fiber, to the distribution fiber, and the drop fibers, there's connection points all along the way. And so if you can reduce that at half the amount of industry standard connections, your amount of light can go further. And that just means you have any, a better, more, more high quality network. Well, you know, we've, we've touched on, um, you know, the, the challenges for, uh, for deploying fiber. Uh, we've talked about the, the need for it, uh, the opportunities that are made available uh, when you have, uh, you know, quality, basically, you know, a higher speed internet, something that the, you know, the definition had been pretty paltry uh, to, to qualify as internet. But, uh, you know, 
fiber, you know, fiber optics has really broadened that scope so much. Uh, as we as we start to close, if we were to put a headline on this episode, uh, so to speak, what would you say? You know, what what do you really want listeners to take away from listening to this episode? So, you know, one of the things that's important to Clearfield is our connection not only with our customers, which are our service provider customers, but also with the end users and what we're doing as a company, what we're really focused on is enabling the lifestyle that the better broadband connections provide. That's where we're focused. And we can do that in a way that allows high speed gigabit fiber optic broadband lines to be deployed out to consumers, um, to businesses, to office parks. That's a, that's a game changer. And that's a different kind of lifestyle. We know the difference. I mean, every one of us this year has experienced a poor broadband internet connection, and we've all experienced a very good broadband internet connection. We're all about enabling that lifestyle that you can get from the better broadband connection. Well, that's what's enabling this podcast right now. I mean, we're not we're not certainly face to face. We are, you know, doing this over uh, online, and, and you know, being able to provide that quality is uh, is really a game changer. Uh, so I think of um, Senator John Lewis's uh, quote about, you know, Internet is really a, a civil rights issue, uh, that it's, it's vitally important uh, because it does help, I guess, connect that digital divide. That's right. And Clearfield certainly, uh, so certainly helping that, uh, that cause. So, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. Shelby, it's been my pleasure. I really am uh, just eager and, uh, and and very happy to communicate everything I can about this topic because uh, it's, it's passionate to me. I really feel strongly about it. Um, I'm very proud to serve um, on the Fiber Robin Association Board. I'm very proud to be a part of Clearfield who's squarely uh, in the in the middle of Fiber Broadband deployment and enabling that lifestyle. So it's just, it's been a pleasure to talk to you as well. And that does it for this episode of Better Broadband. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk.